Welcome to the Art of Leadership with Nina Ellison. Join Nina as she explores the underlying value of soft skills in the lives of healthy leaders. Thanks, Barry. I am Nina Ellison with a focus on millennials and the impact of soft skills on their success. In the Deloitte Global Millennial Survey of 2020, we see that in 2016, 76% of millennials saw business in general as a force for good. In December 2019, this number went down to 51%. And by May of 2020, as the COVID-19 health pandemic spread around the world, only 41% of millennials agreed that business was having a positive impact on wider society. If I were to stop there with a global picture, the results are gloomy. However, as the survey shared, at the individual employer level, reputations fared better. Millennials, those that are aged 24 to 39, gave their specific employers high marks for their pandemic responses, and for the first time in four years, More millennials said that they want to stay with their employers for five or more years rather than leave within two years. This is unprecedented since the question was first asked in 2016. Millennials also said that companies were doing more to align with their interests, including uh, supporting career development through training and mentorship, creating diverse and inclusive work environments, making a positive impact on local communities. Let's jump into a conversation with two millennial leaders as they share systems and process that are working for them as they seek to build a reputation and a culture that moves them forward in working with their own peers. Today, I'm really excited to have a conversation with two director-level leaders as we talk about this idea of, of leading millennials, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. All right, good to meet you. I am uh, Brian, and I'm an area director and I've been with the company for two and a half years and got about 45, 50 employees under me with uh, seven team leaders. Great, Brian. Glad you're here today. Uh, and I am uh, Quarter. I am a business director. I've been uh, in a director level position now for five or six years. At a leadership level, though, I've been doing that probably at least 10 years. I currently am in charge of, or at least, you know, as a direct supervisor of uh, over 100 people. You know, as we're talking about millennials, there's, uh, Brian, you and I had a chance to just have a a conversation about some of the work you're doing with your team, because all of your team are millennials. And in fact, I'm going to call out, I'm talking to two millennials. Uh, Brian, the question I'm going to ask you is, what prompted you to build in additional leadership opportunities for every one of your team leaders? But but share share the story. Okay. We had gotten to the point where my leadership team was almost bogged down with the with trying to lead their teams. It was like every leader was trying to do everything. And so when that happened, uh, what happened was nothing was getting done because everybody thought somebody else was doing it. And it created a lack of accountability. So I was trying to follow up with things and it felt like I kept trying to push things and there was no accountability to get it done and it caused a lot of problems. As we were developing a way to meet the metrics that we need to to meet 
in our area to show that we're successful and running efficiently. In order to meet those, we needed to dive into them and make sure that, hey, there's one leader that this is their focus. And they're going to come up with ideas and they're going to strategize and they're going to create things. While, yes, they're in charge of a lot of other things, that's their focus. And then broke those metrics into each of those team leads so everybody has a piece. Yeah, great. And Corder, did you want to add anything to that? I know you guys work together pretty closely in terms of strategies. And- sure, I'd be happy to. I know that that strategy worked really well for me when I was in a similar role that, that Brian's currently currently in. And I've really found the same kind of issues were happening. We were also struggling to, to keep you know, our employees engaged and motivated and wanting to be there. And so by thinking, looking at the big picture, you know, hey, what we got all these issues, what can we do to turn things around? We figured out, you know, if we can really give ownership and empower our team uh, to be able to own different areas, then it's going to it's going to make sure that there's accountability like Brian talked about. Um, But it's also going to make sure that we're able to look at details that weren't getting looked at before as well. And by doing that, it was going to then kind of start the, the train moving the right direction of, of building a team that was going to want to stay there for the long haul, uh, that was going to see growth opportunities and be excited about their, their day-to-day job. And it also really helped us to prepare for future growth because by being able to have different people looking at different areas of the business, it really freed me up to look at the bigger picture of, hey, where do we want to go in the future? How can we get there? What steps can we start taking now to be ready for that whenever the next opportunity comes? So when you think about your team leaders, and and remind me how many team leaders that you have that you're actually giving these kind of uh, opportunities to? Seven. So these leaders are getting um, additional opportunities. So as you have the conversations, you're with them, they're starting to realize, okay, we're very busy. We are a fast-paced organization. And now we're getting more work. We're getting, um, we're calling it opportunities, but in essence, it's more work. And I'd love to hear how did they respond as they started realizing they had something they were going to be solely accountable for? So it sounds odd, but in a way, they feel like it's lightened their load because now they're not trying to look at absolutely everything. Yes, they need to keep an eye on things, but all right this is a problem, they know I'm going to talk to Noah about that, or I'm going to talk to Tyler about that. Everybody now has their own area that they're really sinking their teeth on and owning it. And then what we did with that was they have weekly checklists that they need to get done that are incorporated into their duties that I follow up with. So there's a lot more accountability there. And then we also tied the metric results into the bonus structure that we created for them. So what their areas are doing are all tied to the bonuses that they each get. What we found is the the load is lighter when I have leadership meetings and they each give their report about what they're working on, what they're trying to get done. It leads to discussion. Hey, I'm struggling in this aspect. What can we do? And other leaders give their input and it creates the buy-in that was never there when it was just me creating everything and handing it down. There's a lot more buy-in. They feel more excited and they feel that empowerment that what they're doing is actually making a difference in the company. And what I'm hearing from you is not only are they more satisfied, but they're actually building even stronger teams. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. My team now is much stronger than it has been in the last two years. 
That's great, Brian. Corder, your thoughts on this? Yeah, like like Brian was saying, I know that I haven't had as much of a detailed role in it at this new location that we've opened up. But at the previous location, when I was building that team, I really got to see firsthand what these other people were experiencing, you know, the people on my team, they could speak openly and freely about everything that they were doing, what they owned, what their results were, and what that impact was that they were having in the business without having to look at me to see if they were saying the right stuff. They were confident in everything that they were saying. And so to me, that meant, you know, hey, I've got the right systems in place and the right stuff happening. That's really benefiting the, the millennials to where they enjoy the job. They're really bought in. They see it as like a future place for them to be, you know. And you mentioned something about that you you have these team meetings. Talk a little bit. How often do they happen? Who, who drives the meetings? Who brings the content? So right now we do biweekly leadership meetings. And I drive the meeting for the most part on what they do. They each have their areas. So I have some sort of leadership growth activity that we're doing together. Um, we're about to start a book study together at our next meeting to so that we're growing together as a team through that. Um, and then I kind of turn it over to each of my leaders and they they have five, even up to 15 minutes for their areas. So I had one talking about the metrics that he was looking at and new policies that he implemented. And he even had, here's what we had the first two weeks. Here's what we've had the, the first week we implemented this. Here's what we're projected to do. So he had everything broken down. He, he took up a lot of time, but it was like, oh, wow, the changes that we're making as a team, actually seeing it in real time and not waiting till the end of the month to get a report have, have been awesome. So each leader brings up their own five to 15 minute spiel about what they're doing, what they have help on, need help on. We talk through issues that may have arisen. And then I kind of finish up with any last minute stuff that I need to do. So it's a, it's a good balance in, they don't feel like I'm going to sit here for two hours and listen to Brian talk to me. Like nobody wants that. You know, (laughs) my wife doesn't want that. So why would these guys want that? Um, So it's kind of cool to see them really take that active role in my leadership meetings that I've been wanting them to take and kind of hadn't found what can I do to get them involved. And now this process has kind of forced that involvement. And I'm hoping then over the next year or two years, we really see it grow even more. And quarter has been key to helping me implement all this. Um, I'm the type of person that I want all the details and know what I'm doing and have it all mapped out and planned before I even started. Um, it's kind of making me wish I hadn't waited so long to implement some of these things. I, if I had started six months earlier, what would have been, what would we be at now? You know, it's kind of interesting taking quarters ideas that he had used before revamping them for me and my team has been awesome. Yeah, that's that's great. A uh, part of what we've been talking about with with millennials is just just trying to understand how they are evolving, uh, particularly through 2020. For the first time in four years, millennials say they want to stay with their employers for five or more years. Talk to me a little bit about how you perceive this, particularly with the work that you're doing with giving them very very unique, detailed work that elevates their leadership. Well, I know for when I look at that and what you just said, it means that our retention rates are going to be great. One thing I don't think we've mentioned yet is the the mentor program uh, that we have, as well as a leadership development program that we have that gives a lot more opportunity uh, for each person on our team 
to, to meet with their mentor, to talk about, Hey, where, where do you want to grow? Where do you want to go from here? What struggles are you having? You know, is there anything I can do to help you at all? That growth opportunity that you probably don't get at, at every, every type of job. Yeah. And, you know, as I think about this idea of, of just helping and that desire for mentorship, for coaching, they're not as interested in bosses and having annual reviews. They're interested in, in regular connections that are very timely, that are frequent, that are problem solving. And, you know, all these things, I think, leads to this idea of building relationships that, that last. And one last question is we talk about the work that you do. Do you see that this helps them in feeling like they are having an impact on the community? That the work they do, the metrics they're trying to to accomplish, do you see them connecting that with an impact to community? Because I know that's one thing that is really important to millennials. Um, share a little bit of your thoughts about that. Yeah, it, it's definitely they feel more connected, like they're they're part of something bigger than just what they happen to be doing at the moment, you know, and it's fun as an organization. The more business that we're bringing in because we're doing so well running efficiently, it just means the more people we can help in our community. And they like knowing that. And sometimes they're even a little flabbergasted about how much we've given out, which is exciting for us because we want to be known in our area as a company that cares about our community. Community. That's important for us as a business. So to see our millennials that are connecting with that is awesome. Something even me personally cares about because yes, I'm a millennial. I'm a very early in that, but that's something that's important to me. I want to be part of a company and an organization that is looking beyond just a number and looks at its people as beyond just a number to actually see the people that are being a part of that. Well, thank you guys so much for just Stopping by to chat, I, um, I'm so excited with some of the things that you're doing and just can hear the excitement and the, the enthusiasm in your voices about your work and appreciate the impact you're having. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It was great talking to you. In listening to Brian and Corder, who have continued to work through the pandemic as leaders within an industry that is considered essential, there are many things we can learn from their conversation. As millennials themselves, this work is is almost intuitive to them as they demonstrate the evolution of this generation. From my perspective, as millennials continue to engage in the workforce, it's apparent that they like to be viewed as unique individuals where the path to their success is built on meaningful relationships. I believe that at the heart of every effective system and process lies meaningful relationships, the kind of relationships that were just demonstrated in the dialogue with Brian and Quarter. In fact, when you see a system or a process not working, look deeper and seek to understand the relationships of those involved in their creation and their execution. The tactical skills to create systems and processes when balanced with the soft skills of meaningful relationship building for all involved is where value lies. Value can be seen through people being empowered, which then leads the business to outperform expectations. In your work, have you considered that behind every wildly effective and sustainable system and process are leaders, teams, and individuals who have interwoven soft skills into every phase of their work? If you'd like to grow in this area of your leadership, set up a call with me at www.healthyleadership.online. Let's chat about how I can partner with you.